Good morning. So welcome to learning how to be back in the Zendo again. I was reminded of a, of a story of, um, a friend told me, Sojin Mel Weitzman, who's on the altar. Um, I had the good fortune to do a practice period with Sojin Roshi at Tassahara. And every time we did service, um, when he would come up to offer incense at the beginning of, at the beginning of service, his jisha would be standing there with the incense ready to hand it off to him, to offer it. And Sojin would be uh, moving things around on the altar, repositioning uh, flowers, incense bowl, or the candles. And this was, um, I think I can probably say without exaggerating, every time, every time, every time he, Offered, offered incense, he was rearranging, moving things around on the altar. So a friend of mine who was one of his deshi, one of his dharma descendants, uh, told me that um, at Berkeley Zen Center where, where Sojin was the abbot, he was the abbot at Berkeley Zen Center in addition to um, San Francisco Zen Center, the, the Eno, the manager of the meditation hall, over a period of time, uh, was trying to get everything perfect on the altar so that Sojin wouldn't have to move things around. And in spite of her best efforts, every time Sojin went up to the altar to offer incense at Berkeley Zen Center, he was moving things around or repositioning things. And after a while, the, the Eno said she realized that um, she wasn't doing anything wrong. It was simply Sojin's way of relating to the altar. So the altar was just fine. And Sojin was kind of making it his space, so to speak. So after 14 months of not being in this space, we have to learn how to make it our space again. We have to learn how to relate to the Zendo again. And in learning how to relate to the Zendo, we're relearning how to relate to each other and to ourselves. Remembering that when we, when we enter into the Zendo, 
from the foyer or from the kitchen that we enter with the foot that's farthest from the altar, for example. If we don't do these things regularly, it falls out of our body. We, we lose our, in a way, we kind of lose our relationship to the space in terms of knowing how to relate to it, knowing how to move about in the zendo, in the meditation hall. Relearning the nuances of our sitting posture. Because when we sit with others, we sit differently than we do when we sit by ourselves. I think it's just natural. It's just a natural uh, occurrence. Because when we're sitting by ourselves, we're relating to ourselves in a different way than we're relating to ourselves and to others when we're in a space together. So there's a way in which after 14 months, when the bell rings, our way of relating has fallen so far out of our body that we, we remember, we instinctively remember to bow, but then we think, What's, what do I do next? I used to know this, this, uh, I knew exactly what to do. So in this way, we really get to practice with beginner's mind and get to not just relearn, but learn how to be in this space in a different way because we are very different than we were 14, 15 months ago. Our bodies are very different, even though it may not feel like it. Our bodies are very different. So before we closed in March of last year, probably fairly easy to assume that we knew what we were doing when we entered the space or whenever we got ready for service. Our doan probably has it worse than anyone else in terms of what do I do now? What do I do now? Unfortunately for the for the doan, a good rule of thumb is when in doubt, ring a bell. <laughs> that, that tends to that tends to work out fairly well. But if we're lucky, if we're really really lucky, in this spot, in this space of not knowing, of learn of learning and relearning how to relate to this space. Again, there's a, a new opportunity for intimacy. Because when we first started practice, 
our relationship with the space was very different than after we had been practicing for a while. So when we're new to practice and we're entering into the space, I think, I have no idea what to do, what to do. And there can be some distress with that. And when we've been practicing for a while, and something like this comes up, we have the opportunity to say, wow, look at that, I have no idea what to do. And if we can move into that relationship, there's a sweetness there. We say, okay, well, I don't exactly remember what to do, but I'm, these things tend to sort themselves out. I'm not gonna worry. Somebody will help me out. Because when we're, when we're new to practice and we walk in, uh, it feels like there's a spotlight on you. There's, there's a scene in, in this movie called The Lonely Guy with Steve Martin where he walks into a restaurant and it's full of people. And he goes up to the maitre d'. He says, I'd like a table, please. And the maitre d' says, uh, for two? And he says, no, for one. Everyone goes quiet. And the spotlight comes on. And the maitre d' is taking him to the table. And the spotlight's following him the whole way to this table. That's how I can feel like when we're, when, when we're in a new space, the spotlight is on us. Everyone, though, we feel like we're wearing a tag that says new guy or new person. And we've all been there. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Is, um, what's very helpful to remember is when we're, in, when we're the new person in any given space, it's helpful to remember that everyone else in that room has been in the same position, has been the new person. So, oh, okay, okay. I'm not special in that way. And then um, if we're able to realize that, then we can say, okay, so I need to find a seat, I need to sit and figure things out. So Zen being a, uh, the, the Soto Zen school that we're part of, being a Japanese uh, based from where we are, um, religion um, in Japan, my understanding of, of the trades is that um, you show, don't tell. So it happens with carpentry and uh, making all sorts of things. And when you're an apprentice, you are expected to, to pay attention. You're not told anything. You're not told how to, how to do something. You're expected to pay attention. 
and then there comes a point where the where the the master carpenter or whatever the trade is will be working on something and they'll say I have to go do something don't touch that and and what's being said is show me what you got show me, show me what you've learned And our practice is, is like that word. We, when we're new, when it comes time for service, we're standing there, okay, I'm just gonna do what everybody else is doing. Right or wrong, I'm just gonna do what everybody else is doing. So we develop an intimacy with the space. We develop this intimacy, this amazing intimacy with each other without even knowing it, sitting next to folks, sitting sazen together. There's a way in which it helps us realize how, how deeply connected we are. And we don't even know we're deeply connected. Uchiyama Roshi tells the story of, uh, from a Meiji period where this temple priest was in his, I think he was in bed one night and he heard, oh, and he heard a, um, uh, a big to-do outside. And he, he went outside and he found that all the squashes were fighting with each other, or arguing with each other. And the, and the priest yells, hey, you squashes, settle down got him to be quiet for a minute. He says, okay, everybody sits Zazen. And he showed up, he says, you put your right foot on your left leg, your left foot on your right leg. And you sit and you pay attention to your breath. So all the squashes sat, sat down, did Zazen. And after a few minutes, the priest, said, the priest said, okay, now reach up and touch the top of your head. So reached up. Oh, there's a vine here. And they feel that we're all connected to each other. Here I am thinking I've been separate. We're actually all connected. Did it hurt when they removed your vine? <laughs> a couple of days. <laughs> and this is what we... This is what we come to realize when, when we sit, this, this deep, deep connection that we have with each other. We have this vine. Or one, one Buddha body, as our ancestors say. And we realize, once we, once we uh, really start to get it. What begins to arise in us is what's called bodhicitta, the awakening heart. And what arises more and more is, uh, how can I help? How can I be of service? And I think even more daringly for us as Westerners is, uh, how can I ask for help? 
can I risk that vulnerability to ask for help? And in doing so, I begin moving these things around on the altar. We begin making up our, our life, our experience, our space. We begin settling into our life, awakening to our life, and awakening to the needs of others. Somebody once said to, to Katagiri Roshi, you're so calm, you're so calm. And he said, um, you should have seen me in my first 20 years of practice. You should have seen me in the first 20 years. By settling into our life, by, by paying attention to, to our life, to the nuances and the myriad expressions that are our life, this intimacy which has always been there is realized. And as part of that, we realize, oh, I'm never going to be a finished product. I already am a finished product, but I'm not never going to be a finished product in the way I think I should be a finished product. And when we realize that there's a an, there's an intimacy there in our lives, it's very much like the roots of a plant. As as the roots get smaller, it becomes increasingly more difficult to find out where the dirt begins in the plant, in the plant dents. And all of those teeny tiny hairs that are on the roots, they're all taking in nourishment, they're all taking in water and minerals for the well-being of the tree. So our attention, our awareness is like this the more nuanced it becomes, the more nuanced it becomes. And there's, there's never a lack of anything to be grateful for and to appreciate as a result of it. And we do this just by returning to the present moment, by returning to our, our breath, our body, our experience of where we are right now by this and uh, by following the precepts, by um, taking care of self and others through the, through the precepts. Mindfulness by itself isn't enough because it doesn't uh, completely help us with our relationship with other folks. Being completely aware that we're harming someone doesn't prevent the harm. So uh, it's important to prevent the harm.
to not do, to, to not harm. Patience. It's gonna, I think we're all going to have to be patient for a while while we learn how to be back in this space. We practice patience with, patience with ourselves. We practice patience with others. And we practice patience with the space. Practice patience with our practice. And we'll practice patience with patience. And then we learn how to make the space ours again. So, um, any questions? <laughs>